So we're only three weeks removed from Easter, correct? Technically. But we get to celebrate it all the time, correct? Oh, you didn't hear me. We get to celebrate it all the time, correct? Yeah, yeah that's better. Thank you. I want to talk to you, Cornerstone Family Day, about something of utmost importance, sharing the gospel uh, with our world, especially about the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. The early disciples shared it in the first century. It literally changed the world in one generation. Think about that. Is our world that different? Well, before you answer that, listen to some examples of the state of our world by warning labels on products that we now have. Do not eat this sled. For best results, do not apply this floor wax to your teeth. This antifreeze is not intended for pouring on breakfast cereal. On a bag of Fritos, you could be a winner. No purchase necessary. Details inside. They want you to steal the bag, I guess. On a bread pudding, product will be hot after heating. On a bar of dial soap, use like regular soap. On a hotel shower cap, fits one head. On a Rowinta iron, do not iron clothes while on body. <laughs> now, I'm sure these were from another city or another state, not California or Chowchilla, right? <laughs> but that's just like an example, obviously, for litigation purposes. They have to put those on there because somebody actually did it. And then their lawsuit happened. So you have to put something on everything. If that's not bad enough, right, when you're talking spiritually, it's even worse. So that's our joking time, right? But we all know this is dead serious stuff when you're talking about sharing the gospel with people. And so obviously, tongue in cheek, I'm asking, is the gospel still relevant to today in Chowchilla, right? We all would say a resounding, of course it is, Brian. In fact, it's relevant whether you say it is or not because it's God's good news. But we have a responsibility, right, because God has not chosen to use angels flying around heaven all over the sky with megaphones preaching the gospel. He's chosen to use you and me. So we have this great responsibility to join him on mission. So yes, and I'm gonna be, try to be very sensitive to our time today because we have an awesome communion that we're gonna share today. You see, when you talk about the cross, you also should talk about the resurrection, right? It's a package deal. They go together. And it's been that way for 2,000 years. So is the gospel is the resurrection relevant still today? Yes, first of all, if it's shared with compassion. If it's shared with compassion. Notice when Paul gets to this Greek city, Athens, that it said his spirit was provoked within him as he saw the city was full of idols. 
So these are our representations today, right, of the city that has an idol to the unknown God, Bob and Larry. I tried to pick something that wasn't offensive to most people, and all the kids left. So, but maybe some of you are still into Veggie Tales, right? It's actually pretty cool, and they do throw a lot of zingers in there if parents and grandparents are watching that only you would get, and the, it goes right over the kids' heads. So Paul's so amazed, right? And you can see even his childhood Jewishness and his love for Jesus Christ is going to be so provoked because from childhood he was told, no other gods, there's only one God. And everywhere he goes in this city, they have an idol to something. So he's literally angry, stirred up, stimulated, but it's that anger that breaks his heart. Because he realizes these guys are so lost and they need to hear the message that I have to share with them. I hope that we don't get desensitized when we just continue to see the world struggling, as we said last week, spiraling down and down. Because that's clearly one way that we tell ourselves, oh, I can handle it, I just get desensitized. Because if you think about it, every night when you watch the news, you cannot watch the nightly news from Fresno and not feel something unless you get numb. Because the top six stories are always a shooting, a crash, a murder, something. Not, uh, hey, there's an ice cream sale at Save Mart. Let's all gather, right? I would love that to be the leading story, wouldn't you? Much better for everybody. Paul was so passionate to the Galatian church. So the church that he struggled with maybe the most, he said, my little children, for whom I'm again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. So he struggled with, man, just like a lady, like, oh, please, it's time to be born. Paul sees these Greeks and he's like, you guys have missed it. You're so religious, but you don't have any real life. We gotta be careful of that, right, church? You can be so religious, but where's the resurrection? Where's Jesus in all of the religion? It does hurt to see people when you really see them the way God sees them. It will cost you and me time. It will cost us energy. It will cost us money. Well, none of that is ours anyways, right? If we're following God, we already said, God, it's yours. It's all yours, every single bit of it. Um, whether you're helping people move, which we did one time. Um, my wife usually like went along with stuff, right? Uh, and we got done helping these people move and the entire van was filled with cockroaches because it was inside their stuff. Well, that's just part of the price you pay for being compassionate to people, right? And so you take it to a place and say, hey, just detail the car, would you please? And I don't want to see any cockroaches, dead or alive, in there. That's just part of the deal. Hurt muscles helping people. Oh, man, that hurts. I can remember one time where it's like we helped some people, right? The van smelled like, this is when we had kids, like cheap weed 
and I don't mean the kind that you dig out of the grass, for like a month, we couldn't get that smell out of the car. This is just stuff that we have to face, right, to share compassion with people where they are. Paul's like, you know what? I'm gonna go to this city and I'm gonna share Jesus and the resurrection. Compassion is still so relevant, but warning, it's gonna cost us because our heart will break like God's heart breaks when he sees people and how low they can spiral down. Not only compassion, but I think the resurrection is still going to be relevant to today when we have a point of connection. Pastor Doug, this is like your point all day long. If you haven't noticed, Pastor Doug cannot say three sentences without, hey, are you in a group? To join a group? Don't take the summer off, get into a group. You just heard the video. He, he quotes from the top of Mars Hill, the Areopagus, where these guys would gather and just talk, 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 talk forever because they were just great at talking. And he says, you know what? Even some of your own poets are saying kind of like what I'm saying, like God is real, he's everywhere. So he at least knew enough about the stuff that they've read or written to tell them about it. So I'm not saying you have to be like, you know, professional sinner to relate to sinners, right? Oh, let's get down and dirty so that we can relate, so that our testimony will have legs. No, that's not what the Bible teaches us. But the point is, we've got to figure out where we can connect with people where they're at. He chose a safe one, some Greek poetry. Now, it probably wasn't Paul's cup of tea, judging from what we know about Paul, but at least he knew how they were thinking, right? What went on in the mind of the first century Greek person? Another time he was in the city of Thessalonica and he wanted to connect with some Jews. And the Bible says, and Paul went in as was his custom. And on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, this Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. So whether it was Greek or Jew, Paul had a way of saying, okay, I'm gonna relate to where you're at. Obviously, the Jews, he was like, that's, that's home court advantage, right? The warriors have to play in Sacramento uh, today, um, first of all, it's a day game. Most NBA players don't even wake up, so I don't know what's going to happen with that. But I think he felt at home here, but the point was he made sure that he started with the Old Testament and then he went to Jesus because they had that background. He couldn't do that talking to the Greeks because they didn't have that Old Testament foundation. So he had to start, he had to build a bridge to where they were, Right? May we avoid the temptation, this is for all of us, to be lazy and just say, you know, we're gonna plan a bunch of awesome activities at our campus and we're gonna invite the community. Y'all come. And if they don't come, it's on them. I gotta be honest. If you haven't talked to a non-Christian lately, they don't wanna come to church. We think sometimes wrongly that we have the best thing in town, which truthfully we do, 
it's not us, right? It's Jesus. But to the non-Christian, they just don't understand because they haven't been enlightened yet from God. So there has to be a connection somewhere before you get to that place. This is where everybody in the church comes in, right? You can volunteer in the schools, you can volunteer in the clubs, you can get out with the cows, you can dance with the almond trees, you can coach the baseball teams, you can get involved in local government agencies, on and on, every center. There's some place where all of us can make a connection, but then you might hear this. Oh, Brian, that's why we don't do that, because the world rubs off on us. Well, excuse me, I thought we were supposed to rub off on the world. It's way too quiet after that. That was like a powerful spot for an amen there. So I'll judge that as, oh man, that was a zinger right between the eyes. So I'm just going to be quiet, right? That's how we do it. Um, I don't have time today, but I encourage you to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John and see Jesus as the master connector. And he went to places where obviously none of the other religious people went, and he got hammered for it. They tried to bring him down his reputation, and he was like, that's cool, but I'm going to go where people are, and I'm going to make a connection with them because I have the real life. It's going to be the same for us, church, amen? Got to make a connection. The gospel is relevant. We got to get it to people where they're at. Thirdly, It's still relevant today, the resurrection, the amazing story of the risen Christ, if it calls for confession. Now this is where we're like, wait a minute, Brian, it's 2023. Isn't that like old time stuff? Well, what did Paul say in the first century? The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he's fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. Hmm. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. And there all the Athenians clearly heard, who is he talking about? This is not something we hear every day in Athens about a guy rising from the dead. And it would be the same if we tell that story too, right? Now, we, we want to hurry through this, don't we? Because confession and repentance make us a little awkward even after we become Christians. Just look at the number of songs on the litany of Christian songs that's about confession and repentance, right? We, we could probably just do the same one or two on once or twice a year because there's not a lot written. It makes us uncomfortable, even songwriters. Why? Because it reminds us of our sin, and man, we hate that. But you can't get to the good news, the forgiveness of God, unless you get through the confession and repentance, right? So it's necessary. Now, did you notice it says God commands all people? Can you believe God that he would have the audacity to command people to repent Who does he think he is? I just like to think out loud sometimes, right? 
Well, he's holy, he's just, he's perfect. I want you to think about this. When you and I confess and repent of sin, that is the most beautiful picture of obedience to God that there is. And it's got to please him so much when every person at some point in their life, whether it's young, middle, old, anywhere in between, finally says, I realize I can't do it without you. And whatever word you want to use, but the Bible has a simple three-letter word called sin. And when you have sin and you realize it, you can confess it, meaning you can say the same thing as God says. What does he say? That's the thing that separates you from me. Because as a perfect holy God, I cannot have that in my presence. And it's so hard for the, the human soul to get that. But that's why it's such a big deal when every person bows the knee and comes to Christ. It's such a big deal. Confession, repentance. What does that have to do with the resurrection? Well, I'm glad you asked. Paul said in the book of Romans, we'll get there one day, right? Uh, to chapter 10, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We all need a savior because we all have sin to repent of. I can't believe that, Brian. Every single person? Really? That's inconceivable. That's a quote from a movie somewhere. But it kind of reminds me of the Titanic. Are you guys old enough to remember the Titanic? I don't mean like literally, but like the movie and the book or whatever. The Titanic... They finally thought, we're going to build a ship that it's impossible to sink. It's inconceivable. Is that the princess and the bride? Okay, thank now I can get that out of my head. They finally did it. And of course, they didn't even get through the maiden voyage, and it sunk. Think about this. Today's inconceivable might be, as this verse says, you're not going to believe it, but I'm going to tell you a story, Paul says, that everybody's commanded to repent because there's somebody waiting who's going to judge all of us. And he's the man I'm going to tell you about. Wow. The heart of the gospel, ladies and gentlemen, is the heart of the judgment how do I know that? Because Paul said it clearly. The man of the third day is the judge of the last day. The same person, Jesus Christ. Chalchilla has seen it all, some people say. Everything has happened in this town. And with social media now, we can find out what's going on around the world. Well, the Bible says clearly Every single one of us will give an account at the end. Is it inconceivable? Not if you trust God's word. And if you have a belief in your heart that Jesus was more than a man, 
he's the son of God, then everything you read that he says must be true if that's who he is. So when you read what Jesus says, you ought to really take it seriously regardless of what culture tells you. Somebody mentioned celebrate recovery earlier. Maybe people don't feel like, man, I can't confess. Like sometimes people are invited to come after church and pray with somebody. Man, I can't do that. Well, start smaller then. Go to a, a smaller group. Go on Wednesday nights and find some, a small group. Find a person that you can trust and say, man, I, I need to confess this, right? I, I gotta release this. If it's a sin you're still carrying, you need forgiveness. If it's a wound from your past, you need healing. If it's a habit, you need to change it. The resurrection is so relevant in our day, ladies and gentlemen. But the last one, this is what happened when Paul shared his message. It's still relevant because it will eventually lead to conversions. Now, sometimes you read different stories about when Peter or the other guys preached in the New Testament and what happened, what was the response afterwards. Now, it's not fair, right, because Peter kind of gets an asterisk. He preached his very first sermon, the first sermon of the church. Who can top that? 3,000 in one day, and then they were baptized that very day. How do you prepare for that? How long did that take? So that's not really fair to say, well, if it's not 3,000, it must not be a very good sermon, Paul. Well, we, re we read some specific names, right, that actually believed the message that Paul told that day. And so for 2,000 years, people have been reading about Dionysius the Areopagite, meaning he was like from that spot, he was a member of that group. He stepped out from his friends and coworkers, if you will, and said, I believe. And a woman. First century, man, you can't trust the word of a woman. But they put it in there because that's what happened. And it just says some others with them. We'll have to find out who those people are when we get to heaven because they didn't make the Bible. When you and I share the resurrection story, church, it's amazing what happens. People respond. Sometimes a lot, sometimes a few. One of the highlights of my childhood was every Easter Sunday, five churches with all their differences in Long Beach would get together and have a sunrise service on the grass outside right off the main boulevard at the Christian Reformed Church. And I loved to watch my dad's face because he would always turn in the chair and stare, right? There's grass, there's dew on the ground, it's early. Long Beach, uh, if you don't know, usually has like a marine layer. So it's wet. You gotta really be committed to sunrise service, right, if it's wet outside. And he waited because the Christian Reformed Church had a dude that played trumpet. And for some reason, all the people that planned this service thought the best way to announce to the community of Long Beach that Easter sunrise had come was to get this dude to do that. And my dad would turn and look at the same neighbor every Easter Sunday, come out 
and that's where I learned all my cuss words. <laughs> so while you're hearing Jesus and you're seeing young people sing songs, you know, new songs, that, wow, this is a good time to do a new song, sunrise service. You had to balance that with that's the world, the culture, they didn't want to hear it. You're not gonna believe one day who finally came to Christ, that neighbor dude. Now I was a young person, right, but I remember all these leader people, to me they were ancient, 40s. <laughs> and how, I never saw these grown people cry when that man bowed his knee to Jesus Christ, when year after year he would come out, throw open the screen door, turn that blankety blank on, oh, blah, blah, blah. Awesome. The resurrection penetrated his heart. Guys, this is still a message our world needs. Now, if you're talking to somebody, maybe you're at Starbucks or you're at school, some of you are getting ready to go to college, these are discussions people are gonna have, right? Say, well, that's just from the Bible. Is there like anything outside of the Bible that says anything about Jesus? Of course. Just quickly, these are things that people outside the Bible have already agreed upon that happened this time. Jesus died by Roman crucifixion. You know he died. Jesus was buried, most likely in a private tomb. Bible says it was Joseph of Arimathea. Soon afterwards, the disciples were discouraged, bereaved, despondent. They lost all hope. Jesus' tomb was found empty. By the way, it's still empty. The disciples had experiences they believed were actual appearances of Jesus Christ, the rabbi. The disciples' lives were thoroughly transformed. The resurrection was talked about very early on. The disciples' public testimony took place in the city of Jerusalem. The gospel message centered on the death and resurrection of Jesus. Sunday became the primary day for gathering and worship, even for Jewish people that trusted Christ. James, the brother of Jesus, somehow was converted because he believed he saw the risen Jesus. And Saul of Tarsus completely changed his life, once a persecutor of the church, also had an experience with the risen Jesus. You have to deal with all that outside of the Bible, plus the Bible, I would say, because we should, we should still share that. The church for the first couple hundred years, ladies and gentlemen, was not about a building, as some people just naturally kind of mention today. You can talk to the average Christian on the street, and if you ask them, hey, can you tell me your story? Can you tell me your testimony, we used to say? Nine out of 10 people will start talking about, oh, I haven't been to church in a long, they immediately think church as a place you go instead of about being the people of God that share a message about a man that couldn't stay dead. The first century was about Jesus risen from the dead and they never got over that message. Because if you were an eyewitness, how could you? They literally gave up their lives and were willing to risk it all, many of them to the point of death. Because they saw something and they experienced something they never got over. So by the time we get 
to this amazing book that we're going through this year, the book of Romans. That's what makes this powerful verse so much that many of you have memorized. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That means everybody in the world. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is what Cornerstone believes and preaches, not just on Easter. Tell your pew pal, he's still risen. Go ahead, just tell your pew, he's still risen. It's not just for Easter, is it? Was Jesus' death on the cross enough to pay for your sins? Was his death on the cross enough to pay for my sins? Hmm. The sins of Chowchilla? What about the sins of the whole world? Now, if you can walk through all that, and yes, yes, yes. How do you know God accepted that sacrifice on the cross? Well, I'll tell you how. He raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus would have been like any other religious leader that we could go look and say, yep, there's a shrine, he's dead. And they made doubly, triply sure, just in case, right? I were kind of worried. He, he said these things out of the side of his mouth, maybe, that said he wasn't gonna be staying around long. So just in case, can we please have some help? And Pilate's like, oh, you guys are bugging me to no end. I already washed my hands. I thought I was done with you. Now you want this? Okay, he says, you take the Roman guard. You make the tomb as secure as you know how. I'm done with you, right? He probably took a vacation after that. They had the Roman guard. They sealed the tomb. And still, it happened. They paid the Roman guard, one gospel writer says. You better not let this story get out, right? Because it doesn't look good. How can this happen? All they would have had to do, church, is to present the body of a dead Jesus of Nazareth, but they could not. They could not. It was enough. His sacrifice was accepted. It was enough. It will never be repeated again. There is one sacrifice that is enough for all of our sin. You want to be relevant? Share the message of the gospel with your friends and family, with the person you're just meeting. Not about a religion. Share the message about the person that could not stay dead because he was more than a man. He was the son of God and we call him our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I love the old song that Bill Gaither wrote. It's hard to get better than these words. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. I was not an eyewitness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ but I have experienced the risen Christ personally. And I'd be happy to share that story with you anytime, anywhere, amen? And may everybody who hears me today confidently know that and be able to say the very same thing. Let's pray together.
Lord, we don't have to worry and try to get a new message because the message of the Bible that we've had for 2,000 years is still as powerful as it was the day Jesus walked out of the tomb. We just gotta find a way to, to get that to people. We're not talking about ourselves. It's not about how cute we are, how rich we are, how smart we are, how much education we might have or not. God, it's about Jesus. May we never get over our experiences with him. Lord, you're living. You're living in our lives, through our lives. May you break our hearts afresh again for the people around us that need you so much. And whatever happens, God, may we be very careful to give you the glory for that. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.